Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and welcome to An Adventure in History. I'm Alana Quila with Providence Seaside Hospital here this evening with Mac Burns, Executive Director of the Cuts of County Historical Society. And tonight we have a very... Um, charming. Charming guest. Impatience. <laughs> We're having technical issues. You're having technical issues. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. The two of you are just... <laughs> We're just smiling, sitting I'm, here, I'm, I'm the one that's having waiting the for you. Issues. Uh, which is not unusual. Yeah. I am, if nothing else, I'm I'm a luddite that does not particularly like modern technology. That that could be very true. Sometimes it makes our lives better. A lot of times it does not. Well, you know, you're historic. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, welcome back. You're feeling better. I am feeling better. Yes. So your advice about COVID is uh, wear a mask, stay vaccinated, stay boosted, and don't get it. And don't get it. <laughs> Yes, because I still have a little one who doesn't have a vaccine, and she did get COVID, and it was awful. And if uh, we were a TV show, I'd show you her sad little picture of when she was sick, and it was sad. Uh, it was uh, it was not great. So, not great. yes, when we have choice, we're going to have choices coming, well, this weekend. We have a lot of choices starting um, I would Friday still ask night. that you respect that there are little children out there like mine who I don't want to get it again. And, you know, along those lines... Mm-hmm. Because the mask mandate is is disappearing. If if any of you out there listening are interested, now would be a great time to call the Clatsop County Historical Society and say you might be interested in volunteering. <laughs> because we are losing a couple of volunteers that are going to sit this one out for a little while. Sure. Um, and, and it's no shame, no fault. We totally understand. We get it. They don't really want to be in the house, the Flavel house, for three hours with people without masks from all over right. the country. Uh, standing really close talking to them. Sure. And your volunteers, of course, can still wear a mask they can if still wear a they mask, want but to. We are, like everybody else, we're not going to require it because I didn't really want to put my staff or volunteers in a position of having to fight with people that we require masks. Right. Uh, that would have just been ugly and nonstop. So yeah. um, we've got a few open shifts right now. And if anybody's interested, just go to our website, astoriamuseums.org. Astoria Museums with an S because we have more than one. And um, click on the email us, click on volunteer and... We'd love to chat because we need some help this summer. Yeah, how fun. Well, that's good. Uh, and we do have a, a charming guest with us this evening. Yes. Can you tell us one thing that you love about Astoria before you say your name? We're going to have people try and guess if they know who you are. One thing that you love about Astoria. I love the people, and I love Astoria's sense of identity. It's unique. There we go. And right. you are unique. We do have Janet Bowler here with, is that correct? Janet Leon. Bowler. There we go with Ooh. us this evening. Thank you for joining us. We're oh, so it's glad great you're to here. Be here. Yeah, and she is a, a George. A George Award. A, well, she's a George. <laughs> I like to say she's a George. See, yes, she is the, a George Award winner. Yeah, do, you, do you become a George or are yes. you a George Award winner? I don't know. It's I, so new to me, but I did get an additional award last Sunday. I'm oh. now an honorary Finn. Oh. from the Finlandia Foundation National. So oh, that's a real go. achievement, too. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, it is. Congratulations. In the club. Yes. In, in a couple of yes. exclusive clubs. Yes. So we should get right to it. Yes. Let's get through the, the history highlights. Uh, these are things that happened uh, tomorrow. So you can, they're icebreakers. They're, they're things to discuss while you're commuting. 
um, on your on your lunch break, on your smoke break, uh, yes. on your walk break, whatever it might be. So these are things that happen on March 14th. 1879, Albert Einstein is born. Oh. I like his it? hair. I've always liked his hair. You know, I just <laughs> finished reading the the book The Other Einstein, and I would highly recommend it. It's a fiction book, but it's based on The Other Einstein. Can you guess who that would be? The guy that made bagels? I don't know. And see, there's your perspective, Janet. Any? The Other Einstein. There's a cartoon character. This is a trick question. No idea, but my book club is always looking for good books. That's it. Marie (laughs) Benedict is the author, and it's about his wife. Uh, Again, real a real story, Mm -hmm. Um, and she's amazing. So... I think you'd kind of have to be. Yes. To be married yeah. to him. Well, and then she wasn't married to him. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, oh, 1923, U.S. President Warren G. Harding becomes the first president to pay taxes. Interesting. Insert your own joke here because <laughs> we, don't, we don't do modern politics. Uh, 1933, one of my favorites, Civilian Conservation Corps, begins tree conservation. Oh. Millions and millions of trees planted. And we had, we had CCC camps here in this area. Oh, we did. We did. Okay. They did some beach grass uh, yeah. in Gerhardt area, uh, Saddle Mountain. They did a whole bunch of stuff in this area. Love it. All right. Uh, 1950, the FBI debuts the 10 most wanted fugitives list. Ooh, interesting. 1950. I didn't yeah. check into like why. What prompted in 1950? Was there it something? It seems late, doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, I would have yeah. thought like back in Lindbergh, baby. Right? <laughs> I don't so, know. Lists became popular, yeah, baby. I, I, I realized afterwards I should have checked to see what heinous crimes happened in 1950 yeah. was the year. 1973, John McCain is released after spending more mm. than five years in a North Vietnamese prisoner of war camp. Yeah, amazing. What an amazing man. Yeah. And the horrible things that, that, that they did to him. Mm-hmm. And he still like went back and was like, okay, you're a new Service. country. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't raise his arms. Horrible. 2013. Xiaoping is named as the new president of the People's Republic of China. Oh, okay. So we're, we're still uh, living that one. 2017, the world's oldest golf club, Mura Field in Scotland, votes to admit women as members for the first time. That's terrible. Are you all seated? <laughs> in 273 years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Took just, them a while. <laughs> just, just wow. 273 years. Yeah. I want to know, like, at, at year 270, did somebody bring it up? <laughs> it's like, guys, you know, maybe we should let women in. And what's the big deal? I've never understood that. All right. Anyway, but our uh, history highlight of the day, I think, I think had the most uh, impact on history. 1794. Ooh. Eli Whitney patents the cotton gin machine, revolutionizing the cotton industry in the southern United States. 1794. That's 1794. good one. Yeah. yeah. We love our cotton clothes. The cotton gin. Uh, 1954. <laughs> what I, what I CBS introduces The Morning Show, hosted by Walter Cronkite, 1954. So it was two years earlier that Today Show debuted mm. and has really had just a, a huge success. But I think that was a good one. And So was that your, your dream when you went to, to media school? <laughs> was that kind of, was, would that have been like a really cool gig? Like, I want a morning show. No, not necessarily, because I did want to be a reporter. I wasn't ever as interested in being an anchor. Okay. So morning news is very much anchors and I love morning news shows mm-hmm. um, even though I love news but I, I love I like that morning news format which is not news folks it's really not <laughs> it's entertainment <laughs> they're anchors and you get to know them as people so it's a very different format and I love it and I think they do a great job is it edutainment or, or infotainment infotainment maybe? yeah okay. information and entertainment I never would have thought of Walter Cronkite in the morning I know well, well obviously he didn't do very well <laughs> 
<laughs> it did not. He was demoted right, to the it, evening. <laughs> yes. It, he was great, right? He was fabulous, yes. but didn't quite get that morning show crowd. But the Today Show's kind of had the hook for we, forever. We, we didn't trust him in the morning, but we trusted him in the evening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't have any real real clear memories of watching him in the news. I've only, I've only of, of historically mm-hmm. seen clips of him. Or here's but, voice right on 60 Minutes. But I get, I mean, he does have just a calming, trustworthy demeanor, voice, cadence, everything about it. Yep. So. As he smoked that cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. But uh, I, I don't have a good segue for that. No. That's we, terrible. We, usually, <laughs> Sorry usually about that. Usually we have a good segue. <laughs> well, we so. are excited to have you here this evening to talk about you um, and how you got to this point where you were uh, the recipient, uh, one of the recipients of this year's George Award, which is the Astoria Warrington Chamber of Commerce, um, really the highlight of their their yearly awards. And so you were, were were the recipient of that. But and I shared it. Yes, you I did. I shared it with Judy Lamp with some yeah. amazing people. And so, but take us back. So let's go back to the beginning. What brought <laughs> you here? Why are you here in Astoria? Well, I grew up in northeastern Montana in a Norwegian Lutheran immigrant community. And um, my grandparents both came from Norway. And so in um, 1970, I came out to Oregon to go to the University of Oregon. And that was when I made my first trip to Astoria. And then Things happened and detours, and in 1976, I was offered a teaching job at Astoria High School, and so there weren't a lot of openings that year, so I took it, and it seemed like a really natural fit, and it was so such a good fit for me that my parents ended up moving here too, so they spent their last uh, 20 years of their lives here. And then um, I found my husband at the YMCA. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then we had a, a daughter who went through the Astoria school system. So that's how Astoria became home. Oh, I love that. Okay. You, you glossed over I know, right? so much there. That <laughs> yes. we, we wanted, we, we've got, you know. 30, Where are you, which one are you going to start we with? we got 28 minutes. So, so Montana. How do your grandparents end up in Montana? Well, Why there? Why there? Um, they both independently left Norway and settled and came to North Dakota. And then homesteads were opening in Montana. They met each other. And along with my uh, grandfather's brother, they moved to Montana to claim three homesteads. And so they had a large farm. They had a trading post, used their own, coined their own money. Wow. And so that's where the family got established. And was there a deep connection through two generations then, your, yeah. you know, from your grandparents to, to parents to you? Was there the sense of identity that we came from Norway, where we're Norwegian, or was it just something, oh, yeah, we, we know we have a connection? It was um, the homesteads were on an Indian reservation. And so we were a small enclave of Norwegian immigrants focused around a Lutheran church. So we definitely felt the Norwegian connection. And uh, my grandmother, I never heard her speak English. Oh. And uh, 
we had all the Norwegian customs. And so, yeah, we felt very Norwegian in that community. I still am in contact with relatives from both sides of the family. And I think four years ago was the last time I went to visit them. Hmm. And so when you came out to Oregon, what was, I mean, it's very different. Uh, and we have an ocean here, too. Uh, what were your thoughts of, of here? It's a little rainier also. Well, it was nice to leave the prairie. I yeah. like the mountains. I like the trees. The, the beach, to begin with, was always a novelty, but it was nice. And it didn't snow so much here. <laughs> so, uh, and it wasn't so cold. Yeah. So it was just a very nice place to be, especially at that time of my life. So what made you want to be a teacher? What, uh, why did you go to school for that? Well, I um, majored in languages. And so to get a job, my parents insisted, well, you better get a teaching degree. <laughs> so I got the teaching degree along with uh, certification in French and German and wow. English. And it was, it was a good career. It mm -hmm. helped me uh, by being a high school teacher, you meet lots of families. And so it was good connection to the community. And I always felt I was teaching more than just the subject matter. We had, when you teach um, an advanced elective like that, I would keep the same students for four years. Mm -hmm. So I was able to make a nice bond with them and they formed a nice community. And so it was very pleasant. So when was the first time you visited Astoria? Because you said when I went to the university. 1970. And what made you come to Astoria? It was just a day trip. And there's I only remember two things. I remember Highway 30 and all those curves. <laughs> I think it must have been before some of them were straightened out. <laughs> and I remember going to the column oh. in the view, just the lovely view, and then going to the beaches it was just a day trip, so that's about all we had time for. When you did come out here, did you connect or did you even know there was a Norwegian or uh, Scandinavian culture living here at the time? As um, soon as I showed up at that high school, people started telling me. Yeah. My last name, Leon, was Norwegian, so people said, you have to meet so-and-so, you need to meet so-and-so, mm -hmm. you need to do this. So yeah, I learned about it immediately and went to my first uh, Scandinavian festival the next summer. Wow. <laughs> That's so fun. And what, what were your thoughts on that? What was that like? Uh, it was wonderful. The food, the music, the dance. It was, it was wonderful. Uh, although it was much smaller to begin with. The first festival I went to was at the Armory. And what I remember from that was a small uh, wooden platform with a tarp over it. And people were standing up and telling Scandinavian jokes. Oh. And that was the, some of the major uh, entertainment for the afternoon. <laughs> that does sound like fun. I'm sure some say, people I'd, might like to I'd do that now. I'd be down with that for part of the, part of the day at least. Sure. That'd be yeah. all right. <laughs> some good, yeah. good jokes. Yeah. And then, so I love too, you, you said you, you met your husband at the Y. So, yes. so tell us, I mean. Okay, I'll make it short. It yeah. was um, the 2nd of January. Yeah. And... Uh, my New Year's resolution was to go from the slow lane to the fast lane. I figured I'd been swimming laps slow enough, and it was time to move up. So I moved up there to the fast lane, and a nice 
young man offered to give me some hints. And so we did. And then we both ended up in Safeway picking out vegetables for dinner. And he said, why don't you come up and have dinner with me? And so Uh-oh. we've been married 40 years this week. Oh, congratulations. Wow, that's a great story. I, I love that. that. <laughs> Met over swimming and vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> that's and the wonderful. why. And the why. Yeah. So you can still like see it. And even if the pool's not there, you're yeah. like, hey, there, that's the place. So so who who hires you at the high school? Who do you interview yeah. with? And, and are there any names that we'd recognize of the people well, that were involved when you started? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, I was in Europe that summer, in Germany, and my mother was answering my mail, and uh, the opening at Astoria happened, and so my mother called Dan Clifford, who I think many people will recognize his name, and he was originally from North Dakota. So he and my mother had a very great visit, and then I flew out uh, a week after I got back from Germany, and I talked to, oh, the name of uh, Jack McCray. Dan Clifford was already back in North Dakota, and he had left uh, a message with Jack McCray, who was assistant superintendent, hire if possible. So things worked out with Jack McCray, and that's how I was hired. I'm sure the Scandinavian connection helped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how else did you get plugged in? Because obviously you still are. This was part of why, too, you um, were honored for your part with the Nordic Park um, and Scandinavian Heritage. Um, When did you really start just plugging yourself in and getting more and more involved? In the Scandinavian community? Correct, yeah. Um, When uh, we visited many festivals, and when our daughter was born, um, we put her on the waiting list to become a dancer. So in the second grade, she was eligible to become a dancer and she said she wouldn't do it unless we did oh so we joined the youth group with the second graders third second through maybe sixth and we learned the dances along with her and then graduated up to the next group and the adult group so that's how uh lloyd and i got involved yeah and our second year of dancing, and I was asked, we were asked to take over the raffle committee. And then um, eventually I took over the entertainment committee. And I've been doing that now for about 10 years. Oh, I love the entertainment yeah. that you bring too, from all over the world. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's coming this year? Well, this year we decided not to go from all over the world. It probably would have worked out. But at the time, we thought it was too risky. So we're bringing a group called Varelza from Portland, and they have a fantastic nickel harpa player, Amy Hawkinson, who's uh, uh, studied in Sweden. So she's bringing her five-piece band is the main entertainment. Exciting. And then a group contacted us from Lindsborg, Kansas, and they have a Swedish folk dance group. And they usually go to Sweden every other year, but they were reluctant to go this year. So they want to come to Astoria instead. So we're going to host 55 members from Lindsborg, Kansas. Oh, how fun. Yes. Yeah. So what's your your favorite thing about the festival? Well, you had to choose just one thing. I'm a musician, so it's definitely the music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So I love hearing all the different music, and I will be there at every performance. Mm -hmm. But I must mention second is the food. (laughs) (laughs) All the specialties that you can get uh, at Midsummer. That's Mm -hmm. third, because I can't only mention two, (laughs) is the traditions. The traditions we carry on that are so important to keep the Scandinavian Nordic presence alive in this community. So something that's been weighing on me for about uh, a year and a half now, what's going to happen with the troll? <laughs> it's in, uh, things are happening. Okay. It's not firm yet. Because we, we might have the same troll. And we might oh. have a new one and okay. maybe we'll have two. Oh. Because the troll is also involved with something very dear to the Flavel house. <laughs> yes. And, and we were sad because it ended about 15 years of tradition. Well, the troll years. knows Santa. Yes. yes. There's they're, no secret. They're, they're friends. They are friends. Yeah. Yes. They, they email a lot yeah. back and forth. And so. they and maybe he'll come back for a festival. <laughs> maybe he'd come back for Christmas too. Well, that's what we're hoping. <laughs> yeah. So are we. <laughs> maybe we should throw in together uh, and make it a, worth the time. <laughs> I'm sure there's quite so, a few other people yes. who would like to become a troll. Yes. In Gladstone County. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some really big, figuratively and literally shoes yes, to fill. Yes, they are. <laughs> so you mentioned music. Um, you're involved, or you were involved, I don't know if you I, still are, another group that is tied very loosely, historically at least, tightly, but loosely today, to the Flavel House. Are you involved in the Friday? Friday Musical yeah. Club? Yes, I'm yeah. still involved. Talk about that club that. for a little bit. Well, we're over 100 years old, but I couldn't say the exact amount now. It might be 115 And it uh, used to be women only, but uh, our charter has changed to include men, but they seem to be hesitant to join (laughs) us. And we meet the second Friday of every month, and we play music for each other. And uh, we offer scholarships to uh, students who want to continue their musical development. And historically, Nellie and Katie Flavel, the daughters mm-hmm. of Captain George Flavel, were yeah. members of the club. Correct. And wasn't originally limited to 12 members, and it was meeting once a month in each person's house. It rotated. actually used to meet twice a month, oh. and they were given assignments. <laughs> oh. And people had to make reports, and it was, it was very hardcore. <laughs> we're a little bit looser now. <laughs> and so do you still play at people's homes? Oh, lately during COVID, Mm. well, we were doing it online, but now we're meeting in larger locations like the pack or churches. Sure. Mm -hmm. But how wonderful to fill those spaces with music and, and what was it like during COVID? Um, I've seen lots of musicians really try and still grasp that feel. Um, What was that like? Well, COVID was great for me personally. I was able to take six, six week-long workshops from London on Baroque flute. So my project for COVID, the pandemic, was to learn how to play the Baroque flute. And so I had week, uh, week-long week workshops and lessons with the best because oh, wow. they were willing to teach because they weren't playing. Yeah. And without COVID, you never would have had that class then. Um, it wouldn't have been online yeah. like wow. that. Okay. Yeah. Oh. And, and you're, I, I always remember that you play the flute right. because during the 100th anniversary of the Friday Music Club, they paid to have the piano restored in the Flavel House and playable. And then we had two nights of concerts. Correct. Oh. And we cleared out all the furniture and we had seating for about 30. 
And I remember going upstairs one of the two nights and I listened from upstairs, you playing a solo and you could hear perfectly. And then 30 people applauding. It sounded like you were at the Liberty. It was just thunderous. The acoustics were at least to a listener. They were amazing. You need to bring that back, Mac. That sounds lovely. Perhaps someday. (laughs) The, the, Piano has a problem. It's no. not a modern <laughs> pitch. <laughs> but, so, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, there's one small problem. Yeah. Well. But it was it was very memorable to play it in the Flavel house like that. It's one of my favorite memories yeah. of things that we've done in the in the Flavel house. So we wanted to give you a chance to talk a little bit about the Nordic Park, though, because mm-hmm. um, you've been a little involved in that, have you yes. not? <laughs> yes. We've, we started in 2015. And so we've been working seven years on this project. And we're at the exciting stage now because uh, things are happening. We're seeing results. And we're going to have a a dedication June 17th. So right before the start of the Midsummer Festival. So it's going to be a very festive weekend. And we think there are going to be a lot of people involved. Oh, that's exciting. So what's what are we going to see out there? I mean, will it be done by then? Um, the bark is supposed to be completed by then. The holdup right now are materials for the storm drain. They're <laughs> caught in the supply chain. But as soon as they get here, we hope to have the park finished. Uh, hopefully, maybe late April yeah. and spruce it up in May. And that's the promise right now. Right. Mm-hmm. What are some of the design elements that that you're particularly proud of or excited about? Well, um, I love that the park has the storyline. So if you start on the river walk, you'll go up the grand uh, entrance, and that's leaving. That's leaving home. Then you come to the arrival plaza, and there will be the steamer trunks. People didn't bring much with them. There'll be, but they brought their traditions. There'll be a midsummer pole and the flags. And then you go through the gateway arch, and these people came to work and to contribute and to become Americans. So there'll be um, interpretive panels. That's been one of my big projects. And then there'll be granite stones with professions of the early immigrants. And then the park will fade off towards the west with a meditative path and uh, benches to see the lovely view and people can reflect on what they learned from visiting the park. And I love that that you kept a lot of the trees. I mean, I know you could plant new ones, but it's kind of nice not to to, to, to have mature trees right when you open. We kept as many as we could and there are going to be three new birch trees arriving soon. Oh, nice. I mean, the location's lovely because it's very easy to get to. Um, It's right there on the river walk. Uh, just west of the Maritime Museum, so very easy for people to to walk walk to, and um, so yeah, I think that'll be a great addition. To our yeah, community. we did. Yeah, yeah. It, thank it, you. It's a very fair trade for the the rotary platform viewing platform that used to be there from the the Rotary Club. Oh. It's a it's a an upgrade we think. And so the Rotary okay. Club is still going to be involved. They're going to help us with the maintenance of the park. Oh, that's wonderful. Good Rotarian, Rotarians. <laughs> is that the Astoria Rotary it Club? Is. Yes. Well, <laughs> so, oh, good. One of the many things. But um, yeah. So um, we've got just about a minute left here. And I know that we started by asking you some of your favorite things about Astoria. And you said the people. But elaborate on that a little bit. And some of the people that you've come in contact with over the years. And thing people that, that help make this place a better place just like you do. 
there's so many people and there's so many different organizations and we need all those people so everybody's doing their share and contributing to the community. Charlene Larson is always one of my favorite people. She's involved in so many different activities. Yeah. Okay. Uh, quick plug, the dates for the festival this year and the date again for the grand opening. The, the dedication will be at 1030 on Friday, uh, June 17th. And then the festival will start at 2 p.m. that day. Oh, and it'll fun. run until 2 p.m. on Sunday. So it's June 17th, 18th, and 19th. How fun. And all the information is on both websites. That's great. Right at the Clotsop County Fairgrounds. We're excited. Thank you. Thank you for coming with us, thank and you thank you for your service to our community. All right. Thanks for listening. Go make some history. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.